What is Two for One Studios all about? Daniel? Well, I'll tell you. Two for One Collectors. Join Matt Mitchell every week as he shows off the toys and action figures that that you can't can't afford. Gundam, Power Rangers, Transformers. Oh my. Matt spends too much money. And you reap the benefits. Two for One Backlash. Join Donovan each week as he spotlights a different old school movie that made him. The Phantom, The Shadow, The Guyver. I have not seen those. That's okay. Donovan's here to give you the lowdown on the old-ish movies you've probably never heard of. Podcast 241. Whether we're breaking down the latest MCU or Star Wars news, or dissecting your favorite Hollywood blockbuster... Join us each week to get with some nerdy conversation. And that's not all. We've got new and exciting content headed straight for your visual cortexes. So stay tuned to Well, hello there, everybody. Good evening. It's yet another uh, live stream uh, show here on the MCU's Bleeding Edge. And we've got the whole squad here once again. Uh, week five revisited. We've got Cybernetic Shark, my co-host. How you doing, Cyber? Good, good. Good, as always. We've got, always. Once again, we're lucky to be blessed to have Perry Ramsey back with us. What's up, Perry? What happy to be back, Perry? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Perry. Oh, yeah. Well, we're happy to have you. Yeah, and we got some good stuff to talk about, so I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, We've got uh, some uh, What If Episode 9 review type material here to give for you, and then we've got some Venom 2 review action going on after that. Should be fun. So let's get right into it. We like to keep it, you know, pretty concise here on the MCU's Bleeding Edge. So, you know, right off the bat, starting right off. Um. You know, uh, we are, just so I put it out there, we are expecting Lord Deathman to potentially pop in and make an appearance um, in his uh, deathly skeletal, you know, uh, state. He may show up for a minute and say hello, but we don't know for sure. But um, he's it's always good to have Lord Deathman. So, you know, we'll take him if we can get him. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so basically, what if episode nine, I just wanted to start right off with just asking everybody's general consensus. You know what what your thoughts were on the whole episode so starting off with you cyber since you seem to really enjoy it how did you i did it? really enjoy it I, overall i thought it was a really fun episode i really enjoyed it i liked how funny it was 
Uh, I love Thor again. I thought he was absolutely hilarious. He kept, you know, for those in the room that don't understand, can you please re-explain that for us? That was absolutely hilarious. It was on point perfection for that episode. And just the whole atmosphere of it, them fighting Ultron, the Watcher intervening, and then, you know, bringing all those different characters and getting finally Gamora into the picture there for you. It just was really fun and enjoyable. I just really enjoyed it. Excellent. Perry? Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good episode. Um, I think... Uh, I think they did a good job not dragging the whole season out too long and making it like too much. And I think they did a good job kind of keeping it at like this nine episode kind of arc and kind of bringing everything back together. That was really cool that like um, all the things that kind of felt like they were like a serialized episode, episodic kind of thing going on kind of came back all together with this episode. Um, I think I liked the last episode better. It I it's the same thing with like Infinity War versus Endgame. I like Infinity War more than Endgame, not because like I think Endgame's bad or anything, but just that the tension that you get left with at the end of Infinity War was the same with the last episode. Um so it was kind of like that same feeling and then you get like that like uh the the finish of it. You know, you get like the climactic like fall and uh resolution and all that stuff so it was it was cool um i really enjoyed it and i think we can dive into some other stuff once jeff gives his opinion and then we'll we'll see where we're at with that well i mean um that's a good point perry um do you guys do you feel like the the nine episodes was the perfect spot like the spot? like you know i mean i mean cyber do you think that, that the nine episodes was just enough i would have liked 10 I think 10 is a good magic number, uh, but definitely, I mean, 9, it's okay, but I, I would prefer 10. I think that's a little bit more even than 9 is, so, uh, but yeah, definitely 9 is okay. So, like, in the beginning, Perry, when we thought that there might be, like, 18 episodes or whatever at one point, remember, like, um, do you think that it's a good thing that they didn't go in that direction? Yeah, I think... Um... I think when it started, I was like, oh, yeah, just do 18 of these. These are really fun, like, like individual episodes, like the episodic, like, they don't really, like, matter to the whole, uh, like, arc of what we consider our main mainline uh, timeline for the MCU. Um, but then, uh, like, I feel like it would have gotten, it would have just felt redundant if it went for... 10 more episodes of like not anything coming together or coming out of it in terms of like um, any actual uh, like connection to anything. So I, I think it was good that they, they kept it relatively short and um, gave like those bits and pieces of the serialized uh, episodes and then, also then came back and said, okay, well, we're going to bring those all together and just kind of like do this, do this little like side side end game kind of thing for two episodes. And uh, I thought that was, I thought that was cool. And uh, if they decide to do a second season, which actually I have an idea of that too, when we get to that, but um, yeah, I think it was good. I think it was a good way to do it. Cyber. Yeah, so what I think happened is they actually did do 18 episodes. 
they split it into two in order for season two because season two is supposed to come out beginning of next year. Yeah. So, so I think that's what they actually did do. Eighteen. They just they split it into two. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. Yeah, that would make sense that they would do that like that. It would be cost effective. Um, yeah. You know, but um, yeah. I mean, my basically, I mean, I I really dug. I, I really dug the initial scene with Peggy Carter, um, kind of like reliving uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier or whatever, what, you know, that initial scene or whatever. I like that. I thought that that yeah. was cool, cool use of her. Yeah. Um, I, li- I like the fact that they brought George Pierre back and everything and whatnot. You know, that was cool. Uh, but um, basically, the I was surprised. To see the watcher just like pop up like that right off the bat i didn't expect that to, to happen um i i was surprised we got the watcher in the last episode which you know i gotta be honest with you perry i agree with you i thought last the last episode was better too um i liked the weight of it and i loved hawkeye and black widow being in it and i also definitely am like an infinity for an infinity war fan over endgame i am like that's my that's my favorite mcu film probably is infinity war there's just an energy and an excitement that comes off of that movie that like the pace is just unbelievable at times. Mm-hmm. But is anybody, was anybody surprised that they did connect these episodes like that? Like cyber pointed out that's three in a row that they did. Was anybody surprised or shocked that we got another continuation in this episode? Perry, did you, were you surprised at all? Or um, I wasn't, <sighs> I don't, maybe surprised isn't the right word, but maybe like, um, I don't know. I felt like it, I, there was like the two options and, um, the way they kind of advertised it was one, like, was that everything was going to be one-offs or I guess maybe they didn't even advertise it that way. Other people just assumed it was going to be like that. And that, that's what kind of, that's what the conversation became. Um, I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I still don't know whether or not I would have preferred whether anything like if it just was like nine episodes of one offs or if I prefer this. Um, I think, I think it, it, I I was yeah I wasn't shocked by it, but it definitely was more like okay, like they're gonna they're gonna make sure everything has its place, like in their entertainment, like it's not gonna be like. Uh, these, they're not going to, at this point, they're not going to take anything out of the universe and have it not matter. Like they want every, it, this, this makes them, this is what is, uh, this is what they're showing that everything is going to like have its place, whether or not it has a huge impact or a low impact, everything is going to have its place. So that was kind of the interesting part for me. It was whether or not they were going to say, no, we're going to have stuff that just doesn't fit in and we're going to do our own thing with like these animated shows or even the animated shows are going to have a high impact, you know? So that, I think that was more of where I was uh, like kind of going back and forth on whether or not I preferred one or the other, but yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed it. I think it was good either way, but yeah, it was uh, that, I think that was part of the more part of the discussion for me was whether or not they were going to do one or the other. Well, there, there is there is an actual there is a comic book you know um, precedent with this because there were what if series in right. the comics where like they would do like a part one and a part two 
of a right. story because it just was too long. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, Cyber. I, I you weren't surprised, right? I assume by the nope. by the connected the connectivity. And I I wanna believe that like as Marvel fans like we are, don't we don't you almost kind of expect them to want to like have that connective tissue going? Well, yeah, with any story, they want to have connected tissue. I mean, look at all the first 20 films. They are all connected in some sort of way or another. So, I mean, it's not surprising that they would connect several of these what-if episodes to each other, especially when they gave post-credit scenes on a few of them to say, oh, we're coming back to this particular story. Especially, I mean, the first example, of course, is Kurt Russell's character, Ego, at the end of the T'Challa Star-Lord episode. We got that little end credit scene of him seeing Peter at the Dairy Queen. And so we knew eventually they were going to return to that. And then once we got down to them finally introducing, you know, the Ultron, you know, version and Doctor Strange taking in all those creatures and trying to become powerful to bring back, you know, his love. You knew that those were all going to combine together at some point. You could just tell just how they left it. So in any marvel situation that's they always want to connect the tissue and make sure that we get a full story so that they can tell the full story of the comic book or whatever they're trying to explain did you guys feel like um did you did you guys feel like they're like they they kind of stuck with us a, a certain cast of characters across the span of the nine episodes in a way i was just thinking about that like cyber going right back to you do you feel like they they, they kind of at least in these nine episodes, taking into consideration what we just talked about, that there very well could be the next nine could be you know different characters maybe like you know that will get more play, but did it seem like they kind of like wrote they went with like a, a sort of like you know certain roster to work with? Well, yeah, I think they use characters that people are already familiar with to continue those stories for people that say they weren't satisfied with how the MCU took care of certain characters. Um, say, you know, a lot of people I know were very upset with Endgame killing off, you know, Tony killing off Black Widow and so forth, you know, Infinity War killing off Gamora, so forth and stuff like that. So I'm sure that because everyone's so familiar with these characters already and they haven't dealt really into other characters yet, I mean, we're slowly getting there, you know, with Shang-Chi just being introduced, you know, you know, in Black Widow we got introduced to a few other characters. Uh, you know, that time will come, but at this point, they're thinking, you know, when they were probably constructing What If, they were like, well, we got to go with stories we already know, so that we can expand on that and, like, do an alternate reality of what that could have happened. So I think if they tried to do characters that we hadn't known yet, it I don't think it would played out the same. Well, also, there's the whole nostalgic effect of getting to see these characters that we love from the MCU, from the Infinity Saga, and um if i remember correctly perry i thought the whole premise was that like they had like re recorded like 18 or 22 episodes with all of the characters from all the, the all of the you know the uh the 22 or whatever mcu films in the infinity saga so that very well could be what we get for season two you know what i mean does that make sense yeah yeah and then, like if uh if and I think it makes what's makes a lot of sense of what uh, Cyber was saying, where they they're it kind of feels like a part one and a part two, I guess, to this like um, in a sense where it's uh, they had these nine episodes, and if they 
and if they're they did the night if they did the 18 and then we're getting season two uh early in the year next year um then it'll be interesting to see where they take it from here in terms of trying to figure out like the whole multiverse aspect of it i'm wondering if uh i'm wondering what the idea was in terms of like if they did those 18 originally and they were going to release all those i'm wondering if those were supposed to come out like i can't remember what was supposed to come out first in regards to uh like things like loki um doctor strange and uh spider-man like the three that are really focused on these multiple timelines um I'm wondering if they wanted to time them more so that like this multiverse aspect of it, like the what if stuff was coming after and maybe that second half of that, uh, those 18 episodes that they originally were going to have for season one uh, also gravitated more towards what goes on in those movies. And, but I'd have to, I'd have to look to see where the original release dates were pre COVID um, and see where that was at. But that kind of seems interesting to me now, like now that cyber said that, that makes a lot of sense that they might've the timeline of releasing might've been screwed up and they would be releasing things at different times with uh, different stories, not being able to be shown because they were, (laughs) they, they tell uh, like intertwined stories with movies that haven't come out yet. Yeah. 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 And the, the COVID effect and everything too, you know, go ahead, cyber. Well, the timeline that got screwed up for Marvel um, was Black Widow, Eternals, and Shang-Chi. All those were pushed a year away from what the original release date still. Okay. So if anything, if any of those episodes, those another nine that are a part, were supposed to be a part of episode or season one, I should say, if they are anything about Shang-Chi, anything about Black Widow, anything about uh, you know the Eternals, I feel maybe they decided to split it because they have to do with that, because they hadn't come out yet. So, I mean, it, because of COVID, maybe that's the reason why I got split like that. But I do know that those were the only three films actually dedicated to 2020 that they had to move. Everything else has been in place. Um, except for, I think, anything that was in 2022 is the only other stuff that got shifted. Everything for 2023, 2024, all that is still... Uh, proceeding as properly. Gotcha. It's just those two years that were screwed up. And we okay. did get we did get um, the Red Guardian's shield last episode with with Black Widow. So like there was that tie in with the Black Widow film. Yeah, think about it. You know what I mean? I had I kind of forgot about that whole deal, but like that did kind of go into the Black Widow film territory. So they are they showed they're not afraid to go in that direction, but um. You know, what do you guys think as far as like likes and dislikes? Like what what worked for you in the episode? What didn't work for you, if anything, potentially in the episode? Uh, kind of maybe you thought detracted from it, maybe. Um, Perry, starting off. Um, I don't think there was there was too much where I was uh, like taken out of it by any uh, by anything in a negative way. Um, I think it's always just the uh, like it, there's always that like. Uh, undefeatable character that the heroes always end up beating and I think that's always like I mean that's always going to happen with superhero movies especially Um, 
but I think like it always just seems like the plans come together and it works out and all that stuff. And uh, um, like uh, Black Widow takes like the perfect shot, like the whole nine yards, like everything works out. Um, but it uh, I think and in with the especially with the animated stuff, like there's a lot more of the suspension of disbelief a little bit. Like you let a lot more things go when it terms when it comes to those things, cause it's 22 minutes. Like they can't sit there and be like, okay. And, uh, as soon as I make this move, you make that move and I make this move and you make that. And they can't like break it down for the audience and like over explain things and all that stuff. So, um, there's a lot of leeway when it comes to animated stuff too. So it didn't really detract anything to me. It just, like I said, I like the other one better just because it felt like there was a little more weight to it. Like there was like that anticipation and anxiety for the next episode. Um, whereas this one, it, the conclusion always is like the, okay, cool. Like that was nice. And then, but now it's like, okay. And I'm okay waiting for another four or five months until the next one comes out to see where they take it with the, like that, the next nine season or the next nine episodes. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't say there was anything that I like really disliked. Um, there was the likes. I I thought it was really cool that they brought all these different characters together, um, and like they were different from the versions that we know. And I think that was perfect because it keeps things interesting. And it also calls back to the other episodes and all that stuff. So um, that was also uh, a nice addition for me because, like we like I think we've said it before we've already seen the other uh we've already seen the other characters we've seen we know our own characters from our mainstream timeline and so it's nice to like see how these other versions of the characters fight and how they think and how they do things and that also makes the fight scenes more interesting because we don't know what they're going to do in a relative sense because they're not the same people you know so I thought that was cool the fight scene was so it, it was beautifully animated. Um, there was a lot of really cool shots in there. Uh, so that was, that was fun to watch and appreciate the artistry that goes into these episodes. Um, for me, I really liked, again, I know this, I already said this, but when Peggy Carter dropped the shield and threw down with, uh, Batrick, um, Batrick, you know, I, I liked that. I thought that that was really neat. And, when uh, the watcher picked up uh, Party Four, the <laughs> it, it really showed the the real scale of like his size compared to like a normal look like size person. So that was kind of neat, you know, like to give people a real good impression of like how big the watcher is, you know, like um, uh, although he varies in size. But how about right. you, Cyber? What do you think? Likes, dislikes? I, I know you really liked having Party Thor back. I love Party Thor. He's the best. Uh, basically for me, there was nothing, the only thing that I found annoying about this episode, uh, which I had the same problem in the last episode, is the guy they had voice, or Ross McQuand, voicing Ultron. That's the only complaint I have of any of these two episodes. I can't stand his voice normal like that. It does not sound right with Ultron. I did not like it, how we talked. Uh, but everything else I thought was on proper quote point in this whole episode i loved it the animation was awesome everyone else's voice work was good um i'm not a big fan of lake bell doing scarlett johansson's voice but she did do a start doing a better job 
as the episodes went on, she sounded a little bit more like Scarlet. Um, but I love Doctor Strange, the this uh, Eternal Supreme Doctor Strange. I think he's really awesome, cool. He has all those different entities in him and stuff like that. I think that's super cool. Uh, I liked how they, you know, they basically Ultron, this version of Ultron, uh, Ultron Supreme, I guess they call him. Um, you know, basically he's almost indestructible. You know, it takes him almost the whole episode to try to stop him. And uh, I, I just like that the Infinity Stones were in play again. We got a little bit more to see with those. And, you know, Peggy Carter kicked butt. Uh, and I, it was nice to see Gamora involved in this episode, too. I thought it was really cool. She also, I think it was bad, asked that she was uh, holding, uh, actually, which is really funny, uh, Thanos' sword from Endgame, if you notice that. That big one that he used at the bat- battle in Endgame. He was, she was wielding that sword of his, which I think is really awesome, too. Uh, just all around a really awesome and fun episode. So, yeah, the only dislike I had, like I said, was uh, Ross McQuarrie's take on Ultron. Yeah, the, the double-edged sword from Endgame from Thanos was a dope sword. That was, like, a really cool weapon, man. I mean, seriously. It looked heavy, too. You know, like, to me, like, at least. You know what I mean? So, I was kind of surprised that Gamora could heft that thing like that. But, um I agree with you. I, I I I think James Spader was excellent as Ultron in Age of Ultron. So I would have much rather have seen him come back and voice Ultron because I feel like he just like really did a great job. Um, I I I don't care. I like I, I talked about this in the podcast of Champions, and I'll mention it now too. Age of Ultron is an, is like an underrated film in the MCU. Like a lot of people just don't see you know like to this day they don't. Some, I think there's probably new MCU fans out there that don't even realize how good Age of Ultron is. I mean, it's sandwiched in between the Avengers, and which was like the greatest movie ever, basically, at first, you know, and then Infinity War and Endgame, and it's sandwiched in between there. So, but it's a great movie. Like, it's it's really watchable for me anyway, but... um, Yeah. All right, so... What about ratings for this episode? One, let's let's do a one through ten on this one, Cyber. What do you think? Ten. Oh, throw it out of ten. Yep. All right. That's simple. Is that your? Is that nothing your more first, to say? Is that your first ten for the for the whole series or? No, no. The party Thor episode was a ten for me too. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Perry. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Hey, you know what? I mean, uh, I'm surprised a little bit to tell you the truth, but you know, I I mean, you know, I I basically, I would, I would say again, for what it is for, for it being animation and you know, what if and everything, you know, which is not going to be everybody's cup of tea. I'll give it a solid eight. I'll give it an eight. I would say, um, and if I had to, if going back, you know, if I had, to, if I had to rate the last episode, I would have gave that like a 9.5, I think, you know, um, I just liked it better. I liked the characters we got to see in it. I love Hawkeye and, and Black Widow's relationship and everything. Um, yeah. But are there any final thoughts from you two in terms of um, kind of just wrapping this up with this last episode and also with what if kind of being like, you know, in the rear view mirror now, um, you know, do you guys have any final thoughts, you know, that you want to put out there about any specific episode that came out or whatever, or 
you know, just any any closing thoughts on cyber? Uh, basically, just, you know, I think in a whole, the whole season was fun. I thought it was pretty decently. Uh, we mentioned this before. I feel like it started out good, kind of went downhill a little bit, and then regained steam at the end of the season. Uh, I definitely think that it was a fun. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the animation for this uh, series, but it wasn't too shabby. Uh, but all in all, I thought it was really interesting. I wasn't too sure how I was going to feel about this series when it was first being announced and it was coming out. Uh, you know, I like cartoons to an extent. I like certain cartoons more than others. Uh, so I wasn't, you know, I was hoping that they stayed pretty true to the MCU because MCU is very dear to my heart. And I was hoping that they'd keep it pretty much MCU accurate as possible. You know, besides changing it up for, you know, this what if, if it was different, it happened. Uh, and I thought they did just a whole, all around, really good job. I really enjoyed it. I, it was fun reviewing all nine episodes. And uh, I'm looking forward to this, the second season and seeing what they bring for us in that. That's right. And that's a good point. You know, I just want to point out that um, uh, I missed an episode. We actually missed an episode one week, Perry, where I didn't feel very well. Um, and, um, that was unfortunate. It, it broke our streak, but, um, the last show that we did, um, I didn't feel well again. And cyber had to step in like, and, and really just handle everything. And which he did a great job, of course, but then, you know, we just had a, a small technical issue there at the end of the show and Lord Deathman stepped in and like wrote, you know, and, and Sally, the MCU girl and him rode things out and finished up the show. And I really appreciated that. You know, that was really great of Lord Deathman to do that. And Cyber, believe it or not, I made a shout-out video to Lord Deathman on Rizzle. And it actually got 14,000 views. Which, as you know, on Rizzle is like going, like, freaking viral. Practically. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but, uh, Perry, same thing to you. Like, you know, do you have any closing remarks on the episode? Anything you want to say about the What If series or... Yeah, it's pretty much uh, similar to what uh, Cyber was saying. It's it's a it was really cool just to get like different glimpses into different parts of the uh, uh, like the multiverse that um, it has taken the forefront on what they're gonna do moving forward, um, at least for the next year or two. And uh, so it was cool to get like get to the point where at the end of Loki where it kind of bursts open and then. Um, and then you get what if where it, it kind of explores that idea more and kind of, I, I think it was a good, uh, for, for the people. So like, <laughs> I, I've tried to explain like how the multiverse works to people, um, that are like fans of the MCU, but don't like do kind of what we do where we like analyze it and read the comics and watch videos and learn and all this stuff. Um, and they just watch the the stuff as they come out and that's, that's what they know. And, uh, um, so like we talk about it and I'm like, oh yeah. And then there's this, 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 this kind of idea, these people. And I think this was a really good way to kind of like, uh, intro people into the idea of the multiverse. Like, I think this was like, it, it's kind of ingenious in a way, um, to make it like an animated show seem like it's not like too heavy. It's just something fun that they're doing to kind of like show what kind of things are going to start going on in a relative way. 
Um, so I thought that was really cool. And I like for me, like kind of knowing what was going on and I'm sure you guys felt the same, like you kind of, you're like, Oh yeah, this, the multiverse and there's different universes and they're all kind of different. And like, that's part of it. And these are fun episodes, but for other people that may not have a lot of like exposure to that kind of idea, this seems like it was like the perfect, uh, like kind of like baby food. Here comes the airplane kind of stuff, uh, into that idea um, in preparation for Spider-Man and, uh, like Dr. Strange and all that. That's a good, really good point, Perry. I think that you guys both made really good points, but I think that's a really good point. It, it is a good vehicle for the multiverse. Cause let's be honest here. I'm sure that all of us have probably had a conversation or two recently where we've had to try to have to explain the multiverse to somebody. And it is kind of like, it's not difficult to explain, but it is a lot to like unravel kind of. It is. Know? Yeah. It's like a, it's like a can of worms and it's just like, you find one, like you are like a ball of thread and you're just yeah. like, you pull on one, you're like, Oh, and there's this part of it. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, and then there's this, the, Oh, you should probably know this. And, and, there's, then like, and there's the, and then there's the, the, there's the vocabulary. Like, I mean, what, <laughs> like, what, are, what are they? Are they, are they like different dimensions? Are they different right. realities? Are they different universes? Like, and, what's, and all you say they? is, all you say to all that is yes. <laughs> Potentially. I just, I just, whatever word comes to my mouth is the one I use to describe, right. you know, I usually stick with like, they're different realities. Yeah. Like that, that's that's how I, that's how I see it. But, yeah. um, Okay, so um, evolving on into the evening or, you know, whatever day, night, you know, evolving. whatever time it ends up being, whoever ends up watching this. Um, oh, and I also want to mention, too, that I, you know, honestly, guys, that not I'm not going to plug anything, but I just want to say that I really appreciate all of you that catch our videos when we're not live because our um, our actual viewer watch times for our our videos are sick like our average watch times like they're like 47 or 48 minutes like per person so you know say what you want about our stats like the people who do watch our videos they sit and watch the, the videos for a long quite a long time you know what i mean so yeah that's killer there's other youtubers on on uh you know out there that like are bigger a lot bigger than us that wish that they had watch times like that on their videos you know so we've got some really loyal people out there, you know what I mean? And shout out to everybody out there that, you know, that made that happen. But so getting into Venom 2, um, I saw Venom 2 last night um, and uh, on a date, um, which was interesting. Um, it was an interesting date. It definitely, uh, you know, uh, interesting woman. Uh, hard, hard to fear. Hard to kind of hard. You, she's kind of hard to read a little bit. One of those kind of kind of women. Um, but it was good. We had a good time. And um, I think Cyber, when did you see Venom over the weekend? Last Thursday. Oh, last Thursday. Okay. So Venom, Ven uh, Cyber got right after it when Venom came out. He was ready to rock and roll. Um, and Perry, when did you see Venom? Uh, it's Saturday or Sunday afternoon. One of those, one of those days. Okay. Well, I, all right. To start things off, I've got an interesting little question here. Okay. Going into with your expectations for Venom 2, going into the movie and everything and whatnot, were they met at the end of the day? When you after you watched the film and you were sitting there in the theater right after the movie was over, and you first thought to yourself, like, okay, how did I what did I think of that? 
Like, were your expectations met or were you a little bit disappointed or, or did you get more out of it than you thought you were going to? Uh, what do you think, Perry? Um, I don't know. I, I think, <laughs> I think my, my expectations weren't very high. So I guess in that sense, like they were met. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't. I didn't not have a good time watching it. I thought it was fun. Uh, but there was a lot of, uh, like it's an hour and 37, uh, it's an hour and 37 minutes. And it, uh, it just felt like there was a lot of jam packing characters, like character development into things. A lot of things that felt like, um, like they were trying to, like it felt like they were trying to cut it down too much where some things got left out and certain relationships didn't feel like warranted or it felt like they didn't like, uh, like that venom and carnage, like their relationship, the relationship went from being like, Oh, you're the reporter that I, I sent for. And like two scenes later, they meet once, then they meet again. And all of a sudden it's like this weird, like they don't like each other anymore. Or it's, it just felt like the development between the relationships were weird um, a little bit. But so I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was on par with like what they could have done. Um, I like the first one better for sure. Um, and once we get into like the 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 rest of the story and all that stuff we'll 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 discuss that more but um overall i think it was i think it was fine i don't think it did anything great for the characters either one of them like carnage or venom i don't think it like progressed um i don't think it did anything special for either of those characters um Peace. but i also don't think it uh i don't think it negated anything i think it was just it felt meddling i guess like in that way. Okay. Cyber. Going into it, I was expecting, you know, pretty much the same as the first one. That's, that was pretty much what my expectations were for the film. And they gave me that and they gave me more. I absolutely love this film, even though it was short, shorter than the first film, uh, which I, I do agree with Perry that there was probably things that they could have added into it to make it longer and to, you know, definitely put out everything, you know, maybe explore some stories better. Most definitely, I get that. Uh, but at the same time, I thought they still did a decent job of giving us what they needed to. And uh, I did thought it was odd that it was so short, but at the same time, it still gave me everything I was looking for. It gave me more great Tom Hardy Venom time, which I was absolutely looking forward to. I think there he is amazing in that uh, in that position right there where he's talking to himself and he gives a great all-out performance, and uh, it just it gave me everything I was looking for. I thought Carnage was really great. I was surprised the route they decided to go with Carnage, and how he was created, and that it was being pretty much like an offshoot of Venom. Thought that was kind of interesting, uh, but at the same time, like I said, it gave me everything I was looking for, and I thought it was very good. I thought it was just as good as the first one. Okay, um, and so. For me, I would say that 
I think that I, my expectations for the film may have been a little bit too high. Uh, just to be realistic, I think that maybe like I walked I walked into it maybe expecting a little bit too much, and like so, I'm trying I'm trying to take that into consideration when I when I drop my comments as far as like you know what I liked and didn't like in the film, what I thought worked and didn't work, and everything. But um, do you like, did, did you guys like how they, like Cyber, touching on what you just said, how they explained how Cassidy got the symbiote? Like Cyber, did, did that, did you feel like that was like done well? Did you feel like that that made sense and like uh, conveyed what, what was going on? You know what I mean? In, a, in like an effective way. And it also was like somewhat comic book accurate, at least a little bit, you know, um, it definitely wasn't comic book accurate in the comics. It's completely different. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I thought their thought process of how they had it happen was very inventive. I thought that it was a, a definitely an interesting take to make it, you know, where it was basically an offshoot of Venom. I definitely thought that was interesting that they decided to go that route instead of it just being an actual other symbiote that ends up coming across Cletus. Um, but at the same time, I think that was another thing that they put into place to make it a little bit more shorter. You know, not so much story had to go into it. You saw what happened. Cletus bites, you know, Eddie Brock. He gets a piece of the, you know, of the symbiote from him because he bit him and Venom's a part of him. You know, so it was kind of cut clean and it, you know, gave a really easy and, you know, not a very long story explanation of how, you know, Cletus became Carnage. So I think that's kind of the reason why they went that route. Um, but I didn't think it was a horrible way of doing it. I thought it was inventive, like I said. I thought it was okay. Uh, not, you know, I wish they had gone the actual comic book accurate way, but I it that didn't it didn't make the movie any less appealing to me. I thought it was not too badly done. Okay, same to you, Perry. And 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 I want to point out that Cyber is one hundred percent accurate. They did not even come close to, to touching the actual comic book version of like how uh, Cletus Cassidy gets the symbiote and whatnot, which I was a little bit surprised by that. But what did you think, Perry? Yeah, it didn't. It, I don't think it detracted anything for me. I think a lot of uh, a lot of my um, my points with like how the movie went is more just based in like, I wanted to spend more time with the characters. And I think that's, that's just where I was, but I don't think that like uh cyber was saying it, I don't think it, it doesn't change for me either way. And especially uh, like now we'll get into it where it doesn't seem like, like if, if the future um, Venom is in like a different different place like it doesn't it didn't really matter either way so for me it just uh i it, yeah it didn't change anything for me um you know going the comic route is is sometimes a great idea and sometimes it's not and sometimes it works with how what kind of story you're trying to write and i think it, yeah i think it was effective in what they were trying to do with it and i think it was if they were trying to condense this and make it short and sweet and to the point then like that was probably the most effective way to do it um than trying to explore like the whole symbiote like the whole race of symbiotes like and trying to describe like that whole dynamic and how they work um so 
it that might have been to the point where they were like, okay, like even if we wanted to make this two hours, can we effectively tell that story while mixing it with the story we're trying to tell? And uh, I, I'm guessing it just didn't. And they were like, okay, how do we simplify this and just make it like streamlined, simple to the point like this happens, blah, 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 blah. So it, it didn't really like, it didn't really ruin anything for me. It didn't like make it any better or worse. I think it was just their, their way of um, trying to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they, that it, it, it was practical to me. Um, it made sense. It see it flowed with the movie, you know, like uh, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't come, it didn't stand out as like, oh, you know, like, geez, like, you know, like seriously or anything like that to me. Um, but really quick, um, and hats off to Cyber for reminding me, I'm going to go ahead and just drop the Venom uh, 2 trailer really quick and give everybody a chance to take a, a breather and grab a drink or whatever they want to do. So um, here you go, guys. I ever wanted in this world is carnage. Lady here. We should be out there snacking on bad guys. I am a predator. I need to be free. You have got to get control of your aggression. Or you will get hauled off into Area 51. Live in my body. You live by my rules. I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. Please let me fix it. So I can bring it again. You are a loser. Daddy Brock, I want to give you my story. People love serial killers. Please, why me? What's mine is yours. And what's yours? Is mine. I have tasted blood before, and that is not it. All I ever wanted in this world is carnage. serious couples <laughs> it's a good trailer it really is it's a really good trailer i mean they did a really good job of like 
uh, picking the best spots from like the film to really showcase them in the trailer. You got to give them credit for that. Um, but what did you guys think of the way that Carnage looked? Um, you know, like um, uh, you know, starting off with you, Cyber. What did you think about the way that 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 uh, that they pulled off Carnage's look? <clears throat> You know, you, you're so used to how they look in the comic books, you know, you're thinking, you know, when they put them on screen, they're going to look like the comic book. You know, that's the first thing you're thinking of when you imagine a certain Marvel character or any character in a comic. That's what you're thinking. But the way they brought him out, like, I knew that they were going to make him look a little different because, you know, they're trying to stay to the aesthetic of what they did with the other, you know, symbiotes that they created in the first film, along with how Venom looks. And so he was going to be a lot more more graphic. He was going to be a lot different looking. I mean, and I think they did a pretty decent job. I mean, I thought that it was interesting that they gave him different abilities versus Venom. I think it's interesting that they, you know, really, you know, capsulated, you know, kind of like giving him a real like evil look, you know, to to kind of inspire, you know, what a serial killer's, you know, symbiote would look like, basically, you know. So I thought that, you know, they took you know, a similarity to the comic books, but gave it a completely different, like, graphic novel look. And I thought they did a pretty decent job. I mean, it's not exactly what I wanted it to look like, but at the same time, I thought it wasn't horrible looking, and I thought it, it was very tasteful to what Venom looks like. What was what was the rating for the film? PG-13? Yes. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Because um, I was wondering about that myself. But uh, Perry... What do you think of how they how they did Carnage? Yeah, I think for the aesthetic of uh, what they had, I think it it matched it. Like I think that's uh, like that's what they got to do. Um, they picked um, a certain way that they wanted Venom to look in the movies, and they did a similar thing to Carnage. You know, they made it their own a little bit. You know, they they changed it a little bit. It all like it doesn't look exactly like the comic books but like cyber was saying it doesn't things don't things can't always correlate like things can't always go like perfectly with like the designs and i think with what they wanted to do with that character um like cyber was saying i think that's that's what they did i think all of their choices with these two movies especially have been um like story driven design rather than like trying to match it perfectly to the comic books um so I think with that, keeping that in mind, I think it worked for what they were doing. Um, like you were just saying, it, it <clears throat> it's PG thirteen, like a Carnage movie. I think I think that was one of their their mistakes that they made was making it PG thirteen rather than R, because um, then I think you get a little more of like the Carnage like character in that R rating of like just wreaking havoc because i feel like there was a lot of shots where it felt like um carnage was gonna be like just tearing through people and it just felt like it was very nerfed in that sense so um i think that also went into the design a little bit where he has a lot of this like crazy like he has like the the like the tentacle like whipping around like stuff going on um but it doesn't feel like they have too much like impact except like the body flying around and like hitting the wall and then falling or something whereas like i feel like in a comic book he's like tearing through them like 
just like cutting them in half or like doing something crazy like they like like a comic would you know um so i think the design was oriented to like the rating and how they wanted to tell the story through the character and i think that's a good tie-in too with what are you guys' thoughts on like the violence level? Because like resonating off of what Perry just said, you want, I almost agree with Perry hundred percent. I think that they could have done a better job of giving us a more authentic, um, you know, Cletus Cassidy, if there would have been an R rating. Um, and I feel like also Woody Harrelson is an actor that we know for a fact from like his, his other performances can take it to that level. You know what I mean? Like if you, you know, if you ask him to do that, like he can take it to the R level and like really with the violence and like the, you know, the language and everything and whatnot. Um, so I kind of felt like, again, you know, they taking into consideration it was PG-13. I felt like just like Perry said, I was surprised that they that there wasn't more violence, more blood um in the comics there's always a lot of blood with carnage like you know he's poking holes through people and stuff like that and everything and so they bleed um you know like uh he's tearing heads off people and stuff left and right and everything and like you know like you said perry cutting people in half and whatnot and we didn't really get that it was more like fighting helicopters and stuff you know what i mean and whatnot and you know so what about the um the secondary characters guys um what about the secondary characters uh, in the film, how how they how did they work for you? If they you know did they work for you? Did they did they did they fit the plot and everything? And um, you know like did you know did you like how they did shriek? Um, you know um, what do you think, Cyber? Like uh, what, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, just want to before I go into that, I just wanted to say something about the PG thirteen rating thing as you guys were talking about. Um, Andy Serkis originally had set this movie to be R. When he came on as director, he actually told them that he will only do it if he can do it as an R rating. So I believe that there's a director's cut of the film that is an R-rated film where it actually shows Carnage doing that type of stuff and actual, like, full action. And that's what I'm thinking is why it was so short in that editing process because he had to edit out everything that would have made it R because... So when he wanted them to make a PG-13 to coincide, you know, to keep with their deal with Marvel. So I think that's the reason why it was so short. But I just wanted to elaborate on that. But there is a director's cut that is R originally that was slated for that film. Uh, he even mentioned it in one of his interviews. So just throwing that out there. But to go on with your question, Jeff, uh, I mean, I thought all the characters played their parts fine in the film. Uh, Shriek, when it came to Shriek, I'm not very familiar with the character, so I don't know much about her. For what the actress brought to the character, I thought she did an okay job. Uh, I thought that it was interesting her and Woody Harrelson's character, Cletus, have, like, this relationship. I think that was absolutely hilarious, uh, that they have them be love interest in this film. And I thought it was interesting that they decided to have them, like, you know, even go through with having a wedding and everything. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, but everyone else, I thought, in the film, you know, played their place. I like that, you know, Michelle Williams came back and uh, the gentleman that plays her now boyfriend or fiance. I think that was great that they brought them back. I thought, you know, that they made a good, like, comedic element to the film. And uh, they're enjoyable. I love that, you know, she ended up getting venom in her one more time again 
thought that was hilarious and kind of like she's like oh never that again never that again and um i just thought there was a lot of great camaraderie between everyone that was involved and i thought they did a really good job okay perry um i i i agree um I agree with what Cyber was saying, except for Shriek. I think Shriek, I, I don't know. It just kind of felt like the character was only there to like, like it, it just felt like an easy way to like, um, like it, it just felt like easy motivation for uh, Woody Harrelson's character. Like it just felt like that was like the, like easiest route to go was that he had a love interest when he was like a kid or like a teenager and that carried like through 20 years and that they're still searching for each other and all this stuff. And I'm like, it, that was, I think that was the biggest relationship point in the movie where I just felt like I didn't really give a shit in like, (laughs) to be like in, like in a blunt way. Um, It just felt like it was like, it felt like there could have been more to that relationship that could have been explored. Um, but we only got like five minutes, like less than five minutes of it in the like first couple scenes in the movie. And then we're supposed to just like, kind of like follow that through for the rest of the film. And that like, like I said, it, it didn't really like, it didn't do anything for me in terms of like, making the movie worse it just didn't make it better for me um and i thought that shriek kind of like they kind of just brought her in to like serve that one purpose and then like throw her away a little bit you know what it it just that's just kind of what it felt like which i like it's fine i'm not like the i don't like just like cyber i don't know much about the character i don't have much attachment to the character i don't have any attachment to the character so it doesn't matter to me whether or not she's ever seen again in the movies um but like it just it was one of those things where i was just kind of like she's there like she's they there just to got, serve just kind of threw her in there like here you yeah go. You know, like <laughs> yeah but like like i said it i mean like if you're trying to tell a story you need certain characters to play their roles and like to further the plot and but it just felt like it wasn't uh like that plot point like their relationship had like good points where like you're watching and you're like, I right, cool, cool, cool. I like that. Like, that's fun. Like they have a fun relationship back and forth. Um, but it just didn't feel like something I was that invested in, um, in terms of like, like feeling anything for them, you know, like it, cause I feel like if you're, if you're bringing in like, so you have like two, like a serial killer and his love interest, who is also like a violent offender in that sense and has superpowers um, in some way, shape or form, you want the audience to like connect with them on some level. And that is usually done through a relationship um, where you like understand why they do the things that they do. But for me, we just didn't get enough of that, like, pre-lockup for them to, like, really make me want to invest any, like, care into, like, their relationship where it just felt like it was just two villains, like, getting together again. But, like, it 
it just it was fine like you know what i mean like it just was fine for me um but i think it just it just acted as like an easy explanation for cletus cassidy's motivation which is that's fine like movies do that all the time so i but, think that's, i think yeah. i think it's a good point though perry because i think that like um you know the, the whole premise is is made very clear right off the bat that like you know Cletus is the bad guy. He's in jail. You know what I mean? He's in prison. You know, like they're bad people. But it wouldn't have been so bad for me if, like, maybe, you know, and maybe we'll get this with the rated R cut or whatever. It wouldn't have been so bad for me if they would have, like, done more flashbacks, maybe, um, and, like, actually shown some, like, you know, heinous violence. You know what I mean? From, like, them, like Woody Harrelson, like, you know, just like him killing his mother or something. You know what I mean? Like, to explain to, like, the audience, like, why this guy's nuts. Like the kind of like debauchery and everything that this guy is capable of, but um, what about the uh, what about the relationship between Eddie and Venom? Um, and I guess this ties into Venom One as well. But I mean, what about that relationship, guys? Stuck out for you in the film? Did it work for you? Um, the strife between them, like when they separated and everything in the story, and um, do you feel like at all like maybe it was too farcical? Um, you know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. Cause I kind of feel like it was for me, but like, what do you think cyber? I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. I think it's perfect. I think it's exactly what they could have done dramatically or theatrically for the movies versus the comic books. I mean, of course in the comic books, there's a little humor, but not as much as they put into the films. But I like that. They put that much humor into this. I'm a comedy guy. I absolutely love comedy. And I think it works perfectly in these MCU films. I think without comedy in the MCU films, they would be lackluster. And the humor helps provide some elevation from, say, the stresses in the film. Because I, there, I, there's plenty of people I know that watch these films and they're, like, angry at certain points at the movie, I'm sure. You know, with certain things happening and so forth and stuff like that. So the humor helps to alleviate that. And that's what makes it great. But at the same time, the relationship between Tom Hardy and Venom is so on point, so funny, and so fun. And I just think that he did, you know, Tom Hardy does such a great job. Because, like, I said this when I saw the first film. I wasn't sure how I felt about him playing Eddie Brock until I saw the first film. And that really blew my mind because he did the voiceover so well as Venom. And then interacting with himself as Eddie Brock, it just, it seems such a, like a very symbiotic relationship. It seemed real. And that's what they brought to, even in the second one, they brought even more of that with even more humor, which made it so stinking funny. Especially that whole scene when he, they're in the apartment and Venom is making the breakfast and then they have, they're having the big fight before he ends up, you know, leaving him for a few days or whatever, how many days he's gone for. And like he's like, oh, I'm so sorry that I broke your nose. Let me let me fix it. And he fixes it, and then he hits him again, and he says, yeah, let me break it some more. You know, it just it, it was that type of dynamic seemed so real, and it just was so well played. So I think that just makes it even funner. And I don't find it farcical at all because this is fantasy. This isn't real life. This is fantasy. So if you think farcical is farcical, I mean. You gotta remember these movies are fantasy. They're not supposed to be realistic. So I you know, I don't see any farcicalness to this at all because that's what it is. It's supposed to be fantasy. Oh, Cyber, really? It's not supposed to be real life? Man. 
you're 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 bursting my bubble over here but um uh, oh Perry, uh, what do you think Perry? do you get where i'm coming from with the farcical aspect like um yeah like i get i get where you're coming from too there was like <clears throat> for me i enjoy the relationship i think uh i think there are points where i wish they would like where i wish it would have been a little more like it's serious is like a weird word to use too, because like cyber saying like, this is like it, I don't know. It's not supposed to be like the, the tone of the movie is not like that. Um, which is like another whole other conversation with like, uh, I, I think the two movies is like tonality and, and depending on what you like and what you dislike, um, about like different tones of movies. Um, <clears throat> but like, for this one i enjoyed the relationship i think the the only part that i was just kind of like what's going on here is where he's doing his whole monologue in like the edm club and i was like like i like this is funny but i'm also like <laughs> i was like we're spending 10 minutes on this instead of like more character development uh with like the other characters that aren't getting any attention and I wish like that time was traded a little bit or like it was just done a different way. But like, I get that seemed a little more like what, what you're saying, Jeff, where it seems a little more silly rather than like, uh, like it seems like it's just the relationship is played for laughs, which is like fine. Like movies do that too. You know, like that's another, like that's a tone out. That's a tonal thing. Like that's a tone thing. So, um, for me, it that relationship worked like that. I like that. I enjoyed that. I think that's one of the better parts of the movie. Um, and so, I <clears throat> I don't have meant much negative to say about that. But yeah, that just that one scene where he's in the EDM club, like doing his monologue and stuff. It just that seemed like goofy. I guess is the best word for like how I felt about it. I was like, this is just kind of goofy. But it didn't really like destroy the movie for me. It just, I was just like, I wish we spent that time like looking at Cletus Cassidy more or like, or like the relationship between Cletus Cassidy and Shriek a little bit more. Like, you know, like trading that time with something else. But um, that's, that's neither here nor there, I guess. Well, and of course, they have to have that balance too with the violence and the, the little bit of gore, like to try to like, keep it PG 13 and everything you want to, at that point, you're going to want to keep the comedy theme going and have that balance, which I totally understand that. And I appreciate that. And Hey, you know, like I can be kind of serious, you know, when it comes to these films. So, you know, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with the fact that cyber enjoys the humor aspects of like these movies and whatnot. You know, I get where you're coming from cyber. And I feel like, um, do you guys feel like, um, you guys feel like this is going to set some kind of precedent for what we should expect for Morbius? Or do you think that Morbius is going to take it to a different level? Maybe like, you know, as far as, uh, do you think it'll be rated R? Like, what do you think, Cyber? No, I think it'll be PG-13. Uh, I think Morbius is going to be more on the more uh, sophisticated side of this universe. I think it's going to be darker, uh, especially with him being a vampire and everything, um, which is a little different than Venom. You know, he's just an alien you know, symbiote, whereas Morbius is this human that basically becomes a vampire. 
So I feel that from the tone that the trailer gave, it looks very dark. I don't think there's going to be as much humor in it. I don't think there's going to be as much, um, you know, lack of story, which a lot of people find, you know, usually are running in these these last two films, unfortunately, you know, that there's not a lot of character development. I think there will be a lot of character development in this film, especially because Morbius seems like a character that they're going to want to keep around for a long time. And especially with Craven the Hunter film coming, I'm sure Morbius is going to be a part of that, too. So I think we're going to see a very dark side with Morbius uh, is what we're going to get. But they're going to keep it toned to a PG-13 because Morbius is technically a part of Marvel's property still. Like Sony actually, uh, even though they owned it, they actually just recently uh, lost the rights to him uh, within the last couple of years back to Marvel. So I think that we're going to see a very Disney vibe but darkish to it, like what they're going to be doing with Doctor Strange 2, uh, where they're trying to make it more dark and more gritty. Horror. More yeah. of a horror angle. Yeah. What do you think, Harry? Yeah, I think what Cyber said is that's what's going to happen. Like, it's it's Jared Leto, too, and he's a, like, he's the pick me out while you drink kind of actor. Um, <clears throat> and he is, like, he was outwardly very angry with what they did with his Joker and cutting scene after scene. And he's like, it's a totally different character than what I filmed and all that stuff. So I think uh, he's out to like show, show everybody's what show everybody what he's got, like in terms of like being a comic book character. And I think he wants to do it. Um, So this is kind of his like second chance at that. So I think it is going to be a little more, uh, like serious tone, like Cyber is saying, it's not going to have the hu- same humor and like all this stuff. And I think Morbius is like more of like a dark character in terms of like his story and especially what they've shown in the trailers and what the story seems to be centered around with him, um, like his body deteriorating and he's trying to become like he's trying to cure that. And like, that's a pretty heavy topic to be like bringing in. So like, I think that part of it is going to keep keep it uh very like dramatically oriented rather than humor oriented like it is in venom do you think it's possible that um sony could potentially do rated r films at some point like you know in their universe if they wanted to like they're that they that maybe they're more they're, maybe it'd be easier for them to pull that off than like marvel with disney and everything what do you think harry yeah, for sure. Like they don't have the same they don't have the same restrictions as um like Marvel does because they're not owned by Disney. Um so if they want to make a super violent movie, they can, you know, like it's just whatever gets approved um or greenlit. So it, it I don't I think if they want to maintain the relationship with Disney and keep making billions and billions of dollars off of Disney's help, like they won't, but um, I don't think it'll be too far fetched to think at some point they uh, like if they pick a character that Kevin Feige's like, yeah, we don't really want to do anything with him or we're not thinking about like making him a mainstream part of the MCU that they can they can definitely take a character and make it like more violent. Um, and I think Disney even like Disney Kevin Feige has like said that they want to make they want to make sure that Deadpool is rated R and all that stuff and keeps that like uh, the success of that going and all that stuff. So 
I don't know. I don't think I don't think it's I don't think it's an issue of like whether or not they they're willing to do it or whether they want to do it. I think they want to and they're willing to do it. I think it just is more on like trying to maintain the relationship with Disney in a way that they can combine these characters together and make sure that uh, like the two universes can feel like they're in the same world without like compromising Disney's like uh, polished uh, world, you know, where people don't get cut in half and bleed to death, you know? Well, and of course there's also the continuity, you know, if we're going to get Morbius in the MCU, they're like you said before earlier, Perry, if tonally, they're going to want to like give us a certain version of Morbius and show us a certain level of violence and whatnot and what, you know, what to expect if he's going to then shift over into like the MCU and, and be making films under Disney. Um, you know, so what do you think cyber? Do you have any, anything to add to that as far as you think it's a possibility they could do rated R down the road? I, I mean, if they ever dissolve their relationship with Marvel and they get full rights back to these certain characters, I can see them doing R-rated versions because that's what the fans want. Um, but at this point, like Peter was saying, I don't foresee them, you know, not wanting billions of dollars. So I feel that they're going to continue their, as long as they can their relationship with Marvel and keep putting out PG-13 content uh, just so that they can make a lot of money. And, you know, so, I mean, it's it's one of those things that you hope that they do eventually, but we just don't know. Um, I mean, there's always possibilities to do it. I'm sure there is. I'm sure, you know, maybe, you know, with Marvel doing so well with, you know, Deadpool being R, they might eventually, uh, you know, go further and do something else that they know of a character that's in the comic books that's very R-rated, and they do the same thing. Uh, I think a lot of people are hoping that's what they do with Blade, you know, because Blade is a very good character that is an R-rated character, just like Ghost Rider and just like... You know, Morbius, I've seen in the comic books, and he can be graphic at times, too. So, I mean, it, it's one of those things, you know, it's where the money comes from. It, it, it comes down to, and they'll do what they need to do to keep the money rolling in. Well, um, and of course, um, The Punisher, too, Cyber. And we just talked about that the other night. I'll be releasing um, the video from Cyber and I's little special that we did the other night where we covered some recent MCU news and events and whatnot and everything that's going to be coming out probably tomorrow. So it'll come out around the same time that this video comes out. And, um, that's just the kind of a different angle that like, we're going to try to like be incorporating into the show for the future is that we're going to try to look into doing some news and like some, you know, some, um, you know, some actual, uh, current events and stuff like that in terms of what's going on in the, on the day-to-day -day basis with the MCU. But, um, you know, uh, basically to, you know, to um, kind of rehash something in a way, but kind of get a little bit deeper into it. What about the action scenes and the special effects, guys? Like, do you have anything on that where, you know, where you think that there was anything where, you know, were you happy with what we got from like the CGI and everything and whatnot? Um, you know, um, and Perry, um, you know, what about the action scenes? Like, I know we talked about the violence and everything and whatnot, but like, how did the, the action scenes were they good? Yeah, yeah, I thought they were. I thought they looked pretty good. I mean, the CGI looked pretty good. You know, like everything, everything was up to par. You know, I don't, I don't think anything was like too bizarre. Um, like, in like Cyber was saying earlier, like these are fantasy things. These are living in a fantasy world. Um, like, 
they're going to look, they're going to be fake, you know? So, um, but I think everything looked pretty good. Um, and yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty satisfied with things. I think, um, I, I can't remember exactly like, uh, scene by scene what the fight was like with Venom and Carnage. I, it's, it's sitting in the back of my brain. Um, but from what I remember, it was, uh, it was fun. It was cool. It was action packed, you know, like they do the whole thing. And, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, uh. I was pretty content with it. Cyber, the action and the CGI, what did you think about that? And then also the final battle between Carnage and Venom, did that really satisfy you? Uh, I, w- I was impressed with the CGI in this film. I thought they did a really good job. I thought the symbiotes looked really real. Uh, I thought that they did a good job of you know incorporating it into the film. Uh, I had really no issues with it. I thought it looked superb and supreme. And uh, I, I enjoyed the look of it. Uh, for the action, the action I thought was really well done in it. I mean, there was quite a few great scenes where good action went on. I mean, from that the brawl when Carnage breaks out to the final battle sequence, I think that those are all really good action sequences. Uh, there, I mean, there's the one where you know Venom uh, or Carnage is trying to get away inside the car. Uh, along with Shriek and, you know, Lucidius and everything like that. I thought that was a really good action sequence between the cops and them. And uh, it was just a lot of great, I thought just a lot of fun action in that film. I thought the the stunts were done really well, and I just I just enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. And then you also have that final battle sequence. I thought it was very satisfying. Uh, I mean, it definitely was too short. It could have been longer, I feel, just like any of the sequences in this film. Uh, we've already mentioned that before, that this movie is really short. It's only an hour and a half. So, I mean, a lot of those edited scenes, as we've been talking about in the past, probably has to do with that. There's probably extended scenes of certain, you know, things going on in those fight sequences. So, I think, overall, for what we got, I thought it was very satisfying in that final battle sequence. I mean, some of those, some of the things that, you know, Venom and Cartridge were doing to each other was just really out there awesome. I mean, especially when, you know, Carnage would pin Venom to that giant pillar and you're just like, come on, Venom, you can do it. You can do it. You can you can break out of it, you know, and you're just rooting for him, you know, and, and, and I thought they did a really good job with that. So I thought all, all, all in all, I thought all those things were really well done. OK, excellent. Um, so just to kind of like, you know, just the same way what we did with what if. As far as closing remarks from you guys, um, you know, so we can uh, do a good job here with our, um, our uh, again, keeping things like real streamlined and everything and whatnot. And plus, uh, you know, uh, if the uh, if the recording gets over two hours long, it's uh, it's 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 harder to be able for me to be able to use headliner app and whatnot for me to be able to chop clips out of it and stuff. So um, anyways, uh, to just to close things out as far as. Your closing remarks, guys, um, starting with you, Perry, for Venom 2. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you felt like was something that maybe was important for you? Yeah, I think just uh, like um, I think just with uh, the end credit scene, I I don't think we need to touch on it too deeply just because it's it's pretty self-explanatory that like 
No, I'm glad you brought it up. I'm, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty self explanatory that it, they're they're teasing that Venom's going to be uh, now in the MCU with um, with what happens in Far From Home and stuff. So, which I think at any like if you're watching anything and you're keeping track of anything, you understand what's going on with that. Like that was that, that tease was uh, pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Um, and I think uh, me and Jeff both said it like a little while ago um, when we were talking on the phone, we were saying that that was our favorite part of the movie um, just cause it had a lot of implication and what was going on and what's going to go on in the, uh, the next Spider-Man and stuff. And I'm sure when, uh, spider-man gets closer and we do like a spider-man preview or something or like we discuss it a little bit more we'll break that down a little bit more and what's going on in that movie as we get closer to it because there's probably going to be a few more trailers before we get there so um yeah but that's my only other thought is just that end credit scene was it, it was really cool and it it's been something that's been kind of rumored and uh like teased and stuff that has come out so um it's good to kind of get some clarity and some like finality to that that it's happening and uh yeah yeah the cat's out of the bag we finally have some some real we just talked about this the other night me and cyber um we about having some finality as far as like what is going to happen here with the sony verse like where is it going so cyber what do you think you know what do you think about the end credit scene and then you know on top of that like if you have anything any closing remarks or anything on the on the film well, I was blown away by this post-credit scene, and I was really shocked that, you know, they finally showed that Marvel and Sony have come to a deal again. Uh, this really was concrete proof finally showing that they had done that, because I heard months ago that they had already brokered the deal, uh, because, you know, Marvel didn't want to lose Spider-Man. They wanted Spider-Man to keep. And yeah. so they made sure, you know, I think this was finally that that block that they put in to be able to prove that. But, I mean, I was just blown away because, like, Venom's about to explain something to him or show him something. And all of a sudden, that this color distortion happens. And I'm like, holy crap, like, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, he's in an, a completely different looking room. J. Jonah Jameson pops up on the TV and shows a picture of Spider-Man. And you're just like, you're like, no way. Oh, you know, you're screaming in your seat like, oh, my God. And you're like, wow, they finally finally have decided to actually show that this is what they're doing. And I, I just was blown away by it. I thought it was really well done. I love how the guy comes out of the bathroom and is like, dude, what are you doing in my room? And Eddie's just like, I don't know. And you just kind of like crack it up a little bit because you're like, you can tell Eddie's like, like, what's going on? And even Venom, he comes out and he looks at the picture of Peter and he licks the TV and you're just like, Hmm, is there a relationship or brew in there, huh? And so it, it just it's a it was a really fun post credit scene, probably my favorite out of all the post credit scenes that I've seen in the last ten years. So I, I thought it was really well done. I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was you know a great new reveal to see where the MCU is going. But at the same time, uh, last remarks, I would just say I thought it was a fantastic film. Definitely go see it in theaters. I mean, it was a hit. You know, in theaters, it's made $90 million over the weekend. Uh, last weekend, it was the biggest hit uh, of the uh, post-pandemic going on now. Uh, you know, it, it did better than Black Widow did on its opening. Uh, it did the same as Shang-Chi. Um, so, I, who knows? Eternals might outbeat it. I have no idea yet. 
Um, but Venom is on good course to be another two hundred million, you know, dollar film, which is showing that the movie industry is coming back. So I think that's a really good effort, and I think even though it was short, you know, shorter than what we wanted, and that you know it had some things that were like, okay, they could have done this better. It still was a very solid film and enjoyable. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely go check it out. Yeah, Sony is definitely going to profit from this without question. They're not going to lose money. Um, I don't think. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if next weekend, um, it, it they end up it ends up doing really well too. Like maybe sixty million or you know fifty five million or fifty million or something like that. Um, what do you guys think about like uh, a rating for this? Basically, just to kind of like tie the bow on this thing. Like, uh, what do you think, Perry? What's your what's your rating for for Venom Two? Um, I'll probably give it like a seventy one. I think it was good. I like I said there. I had my critiques about it, and I think it more um, like kind of what Cyber was saying that it seems like it was a lot of like studio saying one thing and Andy Serkis saying one thing and them just having to like like cut it down to something that they were both like okay this works for what we were trying to do on either end of the the scale you know so. Um, I try not to be too harsh because I know, especially with comic book movies, it, it can be a nightmare with these studios, like wanting to control it so much. I mean, that was the problem with a lot, like 90% of the DC movies that have come out in the last 10 years. So try not to be too hypercritical of that, but I think like the 71 is a fair, um, for me of, like enjoying it and having a fun time with it while also being like, it wasn't the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Cyber. I give it a solid 95. Uh, I only give it a 95. I don't give it a hundred because of the runtime. If the runtime was longer, if it had been the director's cut, it would have been a hundred, but I'm giving it a 95. I'd give it a 70. I'll go. I'm going to go with a 75 and it would be an 85. If like again, if it would have been rated R, um, and they'd done more more you know violence and gore and stuff like that and everything and whatnot, I I, I would have liked that you know um, I think I would have liked it a little bit better. But it was a good movie, and um, you know it makes you wonder a, a little bit you know how are they going to like I mean based off of the Venom they've that they've given us in these two Venom films, how is it going to make sense that Venom is going to hate Spider Man? And like want to eat Peter Parker's brains and everything and whatnot. Like I'm trying to figure that out in my head, like how that's going to work, how they're going to make that work. Unless they're going to be allies, you know what I mean? Like, and you know, like, you know, that's going to be the deal. I guess we'll have to see. Um, but all right, guys, you know, everybody, um, thank you, everybody who ends up again uh, catching this tomorrow or on Thursday or this weekend or whatever. Um, you know, we really appreciate all of you. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, the MCU's Bleeding Edge, um, you know, and um, I will, of course, um, try to make an effort to, in the description, um, mention uh, where Perry's from, you know, what he does, you know, with his podcast off topic. I'll do the same thing with the veteran YouTuber, Cybernetic Shark. Um, but um, for Perry Ramsey and for Cybernetic Shark and for me, Jeff, uh, and the MCU's Bleeding Edge, we are out of here. Later. Peace. Peace out, fandom. Peace.